Happy Friday. Woo. Thanks everyone for joining us for uh, another teen contemplation here at the end of February, about to roll on into March, sitting with our theme this month of exploring the feels and getting a sense for, you know, just internally what's going on, you know, really being able to kind of sink into that and you know, this month we've been practicing with naming what's there. Uh, also being comfortable with when we don't have names or words for things too. I think that's also equally important. You know, we don't always have to use the cognitive brain for it all. Uh, but having that awareness that, that something's there is really helpful part of this practice. Um, and so this month we bring that exploration to a close, but certainly not the last time that we visit it. It's actually something that, um, in a way is really gonna be rolling on over into March into what we're exploring next month. Ooh, spoiler alert. <laughs> so to go ahead and settle into today's practice and getting anything that we need. Um, so in addition to our regular T-Bowl friend that we are practicing with here, um, this month having off to the side like an extra bowl, just something that we can have our warming water discarded into after we warm up our tea bowl is something we've been doing. Uh, if you don't have an extra bowl or if getting one right now is just like, ah, kitchen far away, you have to navigate downstairs to get it, etc. That's totally okay. You know, uh, we can of course drink the warming water. There's nothing wrong with it, <laughs> but it can be nice to actually, you know, part of that practice is to, to give that part away. So if that's accessible to you, something close by, you might want that. And we can also go ahead and get our hot water started. And uh, of course our loose leaf tea, our tea friend here. And you're just taking your time, whatever you need. And whenever you have things gathered that you'd like to have in your space, everything that is very intentional and specifically called into the tea table space, the immediate area, Hopefully we can be having as little distraction and clutter immediately around as possible. But even if there is, if there's still some clutter around that we can't relocate, of course thinking too, there's also, you know, clutter in the mind that sometimes is hard to relocate. That's okay. You know, settling into just the what is this morning, finding yourself on your chair, sitting on your cushion, wherever you happen to be. <clears throat> Stepping to the what is of your Friday morning. And gradually inviting some settling. A sense of just being able to arrive, come in the door, set down your bags, take off your coat, your shoes and just sit, just enjoy a moment of sitting first. Making any adjustments that we need to feel more comfortable. And the feeling that when we sit, we have the full freedom to move and shift our position at any time. This isn't like a rigid form that we're holding, a particular pose or anything like that. The physical form is not what the stillness and the sitting is about. It's just the vehicle that gets us there. 
And part of this settling might mean a little bit of some gentle movements in the body, rolling the feet or the ankles around to just kind of sense into where we're sitting, finding the right spot on the cushion, the right spot for the arms to relax and the hands so that they can be in a way that they don't feel like they're in between activities, that they're holding tension, waiting for the next direction from the brain to do this or to do that. So the hands can be open and soft and relaxed in the lap or on top of the knees, or they could be folded, whichever way feels like that's the most productive for you. That's the most helpful. And as we're sitting here, the eyes can be closed. If that feels like that's helping you focus right now, or they could also be open and just looking at something that is serene and still and calm on your tea table. And if you are looking at something, see if we can look at it as softly and as gently as possible. So we're not staring down the details or examining, we're softening the gaze so that we can just notice the landscape of that particular point. It's different colors, reflections, textures. And just noticing how the eyes feel looking at this particular point. And by relation to that, how does the body feel? How do you feel? And lastly, directing our attention a little bit more inward towards the breath. Just noticing the texture, sensation, the depth of the breath today. In this particular moment, knowing that it certainly can be different later today. So how's your breathing today? Is it smooth? Is there even pace to it? Or are you more consciously aware of it and the awareness makes it shift a little bit? Or do you feel the most sensation in the exhale and the inhale and knowing that there's not a correct way or place that you're supposed to feel it? It's just what is, what is right now? And allowing yourself a moment to acknowledge just how are you feeling today. And knowing, or perhaps if you didn't know, maybe taking in for the first time, that you don't actually need to feel a particular way to come to this practice, to navigate it, to exit it. So whatever is today, that is okay. It's more than okay. It's what you need to go through. It's what you need to feel. 
I'm taking a, a pause before we dive into our bowl of tea as a way of just acknowledging where's our starting point. And so that when we exit the practice, we have a sense for how has the landscape changed? And this is how, as we build in our practices, adding in layers and noticing what works for us and what doesn't, this is how we do that work of noticing. We find the space to consider. And then gently shifting our awareness and our consideration to our tea. Turning to our tea that is perhaps in a, another little dish, or maybe still in its packaging, maybe we open it up. We greet our tea, we say hello to our tea. Bringing our tea to the nose. Noticing the in and the out breath over the tea. And noticing what greets you today. What is it about this particular tea on this particular day that you're noticing? And just notice the pattern of your mind. How is it working today? Is it kind of in naming mode? able to pinpoint specific sensations in the fingertips as we run our fingers through the tea, name sounds, name smells, places, memories, or are you just more in experiencing mode today? Just simply taking it in and enjoying that moment of experiencing. Just observe what is your tea offering to you today. And from that, what are you able to notice? And then setting the tea down. Whenever you kind of have a sense there of that first connection with it, we can get our hot water. We're going to warm up our tea bowl first. So once we have our kettle in hand, I'm just going to pour maybe what looks like a little tablespoon, a little spoonful of water in the bowl. And then we're going to take our tea bowl with our hands and then slowly roll it around in our palms. We're going to allow the warm water to edge up the sides of the bowl to those points that feel cool or even cold to the fingertips right now. And noticing 
what that's like to hold something that is both warm and cool at the same time in the transition that happens there as one becomes the other. And as you're doing this rolling, seeing if we can really allow the full weight of our tea bowl, our mug to really sit in the palm of the hand and allow the fingers to do as little as possible. Allow the fingers to just kind of receive this lovely warmth and this rolling. Maybe go the other direction might also feel nice for the hands and the wrists and rolling in one way for a bit. And whenever everything feels relatively even, relatively dispersed, a similar temperature across, we can take this warming water and either you're welcome to drink it or normally what we would do is just put it in our little bowl off to the side here. discarding this warming water. And then now we can serve ourselves some of this tea, taking a nice little pinch of leaves, however much we think we need. If you're working with a large, leafy, fluffy tea, maybe that pinch is a little bit bigger simply because it's lighter weight. If your tea is smaller or rolled really tightly, it might be a smaller pinch so that the density of it won't be so strong some simple guidance. Before we add water over our leaves, let's take our cup and bring it to the nose and taking in the aroma here too. I notice how it might be different from how the tea smells when it's just on its own. Now it's in this warmed, cozy little environment. I mean, you might notice more with it. And setting the cup down, we can get our kettle once again. Then slowly adding water over the leaves. And be really aware of this action of adding water to tea. This observance of an activity in progress something that is a motion in progress rather than just the beginning and the end of something. But the while it's happening, seeing what's there. And once we've added the water over our tea, we can consider what's happening in our cup today what's at the surface and what's below the surface. And our understanding of this tea, of what we see, is that 
slowly starts to unfold and release into the water. And each morning, each time we do this with any given tea, it's a little bit different. So our understanding comes in these kind of waves. Our connection with the tea comes in these waves. We may not always feel like we can get the full understanding of something in this one bowl or two bowls if we add a little bit of water to refresh the leaves later. This moment is the one that we're in. This is the one that we've got with our tea. And if it feels comfortable, we can lift the cup to our nose and we can smell and we can see. So in this moment, what is it offering? And the experience of that, it's a, not a question we have to have an answer for. We have to have a verbal or even in our heads, nonverbal answer through naming and being able to call something by a word or a phrase or a description. The answer to what is it offering might actually just be that you're feeling it, that you're just noticing something's there. And consider what is it like to, to go through this noticing and to feel into something, to have a sensation and perhaps working within a bit of restriction when it comes to language, to not having the words for something. Does not having the words mean that we can't have an experience? Can't kind of feel our way through something? Just noticing the flow of the breath in and out and how the breath is affected, changed, shifting with this particular T. And if there's any kind of reverberation effect somewhere else in the body as a result of that, something else that shifts, maybe it drops down a bit, it might relax, it might soften. It might also perk up, it might become more energized, more focused. But this curious effect of something that is happening really locally at first, just at the nose, and then there's effects somewhere else in the system too. And if the temperature seems okay, we can take a sip of the tea. A gentle little navigation and dance between the leaves and the water and the space that we can make through to take a sip.
and just notice what the first sip is like today. If there's other points in your day or in your practice where you notice what the beginning of something is and the first of it is. What is that like to consciously bring our awareness to what is available to us right now in that first? And also what we don't know still. But we can sense what is here. And just once that settles, feel free to take another sip, just your own time and pace. Each of us will come to the tea and drink the water at our own time, our own natural rhythm. So all this practice asks of us is just simply after each time visiting, each sip, just notice. Just pause. That pausing sometimes can be better facilitated through just lowering the cup down or even setting it down so we can consciously take a moment to pause and to notice. Allowing ourselves to experience what is here in the tea right now Acknowledging any expectations we might have had, any comparison to past experiences or projection for what we really want or need in this moment, and then what is being offered. Little by little, sip by sip. It is at once a practice of learning to be kind to ourselves, an effort to try to give ourselves what we need, to do our best for ourselves, allowing something else to care for us too in that moment. As we're sipping our tea here, we're allowing the tea to care for us. And it is also a reconciliation It is that there is a, a space between that we're navigating. There's a space between where we're feeling the shifts that are available to us. And we hold all of this at the same time in every sip. The what is there, the difference between what is there and what we were hoping for, what we're thinking of instead. It's a bit of restriction. And in the same sense that as we're sipping our tea here, the tea is just what it is in any given bowl, any given day. It can offer up to you simply what it has in that moment. The tea also works with restriction. 
it works within a container and a boundary of what is possible. And so as we sit and sip through our tea, transition to our contemplation for this morning. At any time, if you'd like to add more water to your tea, fresh water to bring in a little bit more perspective and see what else is there, feel free to do so. As we gently consider how we practice our ability to acknowledge what we feel, perhaps the excitement that can come with that or the relief or the newness of acknowledging. And at the same time, in the same sip, this observance of the walls inside the pot, the walls inside the tea bowl. Hi everyone, I am going to keep Suze's video spotlighted because I'm using a kind of a patch job for internet today and I think my voice will come across clear if, um, if I don't share my video. So if you don't mind, Suze, thank you.
I'd like to start with uh, a chant. And I'll start with the translation today. This is a translation by Richard Freeman. Uh, this is a, a shantipat, which it means it's a uh, descent of peace. It's one of the shantipats that is found uh, in the Upanishads, which are um, some of the ancient philosophical texts that inform the traditions of yoga uh, that we see uh, arising today. So here goes the translation. That is the perfect whole. Ah, and when I say whole here, we're talking W-H-O-L-E. That is the perfect whole. This is the perfect whole. From the whole comes the whole. The whole remains whole, even as the whole comes out of the whole. And the word whole here, purna, can also be translated as fullness, completeness. So I'm going to run through that translation again, but I'll substitute those words. That is the perfect fullness. This is the perfect fullness. From that which is complete emerges that which is full. The fullness remains full even as fullness comes out of the full. And, you know, these, these chants arise in this really interesting language tradition, Sanskrit where the language itself is considered, uh, the sound of the language itself is considered to carry the meaning. So these chants, you can imagine that some ancient architects of sound, you know, could we call them the first DJs? I don't know. But the, these ancient architects of sound were just kind of polishing these ideas polishing these sounds to arrive at this really beautiful language that we now know as Sanskrit. And um, given, given what we just sort of shared on the level of meaning, I encourage you to sit with that meaning as you listen to the sound. Shanti, Shanti, 
Shanti. And so what could possibly be the subject of this chant? Nothing in our material existence would reflect that this is true at all. If I take a hole out of a pastry, it becomes a donut. There is no, there is no denying the obvious way in which things change. And that if I have five apples and I take two apples away, there are now three apples. It is no longer full. What on earth does this chant mean? When we sit down, or when we lie down, or when we stand up for our internal practice, whatever that practice looks like for you, what we're really doing is saying, okay, within this space, I am offering my mind its natural fullness. I'm going to use this ritual, these techniques, this time in order to create a context in which the mind gets to determine its own constraints. And so the practices of yoga, in some sense, are practices of returning to a fullness of mind that is actually always there. In tantric yoga philosophy, it was very helpful for me to learn that uh, the mind, and, and useful to note here that when I say mind, there is no other category that's like emotion. Mind is thoughts, feelings, sensation, consciousness. That is mind. So <clears throat> when, when we turn to this tantric teaching that uh, the nature of the mind is actually infinite. Right? That the nature of awareness as we experience it through this fascinating organism called the mind, that that is an infinite space. That is a space of infinite possibility. And it is the only aspect of our existence that has that quality. Every other part of our being and our experience is in a constant state of evolution, dissolution, transition, emergence, things are disappearing all the time. 
things are appearing all the time. Things are blooming, things are dying. There is real loss. There is real struggle. There is real suffering. There are constraints. In some ways within the space of our lives, the pot that holds the tea might feel very spacious. And in other spaces of our lives, the pot that holds the tea might feel really, really um, constricted. And so how important then that we use some kind of game, right? that the practice itself is, is basically a game that we play with ourselves. where we create the context where there really isn't a pot. There's just the tea. And so when we consider this idea of freedom, right, this is, this is a thing that we all want in some sense, you know. That the yearning for freedom is perhaps part of the mind just yearning for its true nature. And when we are able to cultivate a practice or practices that allow us to touch that freedom regularly, reliably, consistently, gently, then there's something about the memory of that fullness that we take with us into our various kettles, our various teapots. And I think a lot of times the teaching is ungrounded around suffering you know, in contemplative circles. It sort of ends up feeling like if I'm doing this practice right, I will not suffer. And I think perhaps it's more accurate to say when you arrive fully into your practice, the nature of your suffering changes. And, you know, how does it change? I think it, part of it is just, it becomes bearable. You know, you don't feel like you want to throw away the whole, the whole tea tray, right? <clears throat> it's like, ah, uh, oof. This is the condition of my life. Whew. There's a kind of like, wow, this really is, this is my lot. This is my plight. This is my story.
and there's something in there that's about power, right? It's like this feeling of, um, I can do this. I can, I can manage that. Whatever this is, however this transforms me, I have the ability to do this because I know that fullness awaits me on the other side. There is nowhere to go other than completeness. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Tea and Contemplation today. Uh, I might appear to be a squirrel if you are watching, <laughs> if you're watching this recording. And I just wanted to clarify that while I do have a strong squirrel nature, I am still encased in the same body that you come to know. Mm -hmm. um, and you can still reach me at info at adamgrossi.com. That's G-R-O-S-S-I.com. Um, and uh, the chant that I referred to is, it doesn't really have a name. Um, if you look at the word Purna, P-U-R-N-A, <laughs> you, um, you might be able to find it. The Purna Shantipat, S-H-A-N-T-I-P-A-T. Um, <clears throat> but it, it uh, is from the Upanishads. I'm actually blanking on which one right now. I think it might be in the, the Taitudia Upanishad. Um, anyway, the teacher that taught it to me, his name is Richard Freeman, really brilliant teacher. I, I highly recommend his audio recordings and online um, uh, uh, instruction. I'm, I'm a particular fan of the Yoga Matrix uh, which is a six or eight hour audio recording that you can just download um, anywhere that you buy, you can buy MP3s. And it's basically him talking casually about the expansive nature of yoga philosophy um, without being sort of bound by any tradition of practice. It's kind of like an overview. Um, and it's been very influential in my life. Uh, I think that's all I have. How about you, Suze? Well, that's super cool. I'm going to totally download that. Hmm. So I appear on, on camera right now as, as a love of O who enjoys tea <laughs> just as much as I do. <laughs> and he also appears in the Being Tea logo on my website. If you've seen this like a little cartoon character. That's him being all cute, drinking his tea. <laughs> <laughs> And you can reach me at Suze, S-O-O-Z, at beingtea.com. 
and Adam and I are here in the studio live in Squirrel and Luffabo form every Friday morning, tea and contemplation with our wonderful community friends. And so you're always very welcome to join us in this space if you'd like to practice with some folks uh, on your, your journey with tea and contemplation. We hope to see you sometime soon. <laughs>